Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I am one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. We're also joined today by our good friend, Pete Morrison, from Lightsaber Rattling and Rebels Report. Pete, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing great. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank oh. you for joining us again on the new podcast. Yeah, I'm excited to be on the Ion Cannon. Does this mean I'm manning the gun, or is someone else in charge of the the gun tonight. You're welcome. You may fire when ready. Yeah. <laughs> Never thought of that. That's pretty cool. That's a, that is. <laughs> no, you're All actually right. our our first uh, first guest on the new show. So wait, well, I now is that even true, William? Because I think I heard some guy named Greg Wiseman on the other day. Oh, he doesn't count as a as a, a guest host though. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm a guest host, not yeah. a guest. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Sure. He was yes. he was only here to ask questions, which was very cool <laughs> of him to do. So answer questions actually. Yeah, was, that was very yeah, nice. Yeah, he, yeah, he didn't ask these questions. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, we actually recorded yeah, so, behind the scenes. We recorded that interview. Um, I want to say, was it middle or early June? It was around June when it we was, did it. It was June because, no, no, no it wasn't. Sorry, <clears throat> it was July. I know it was July because oh, okay. rec- we recorded that interview. Uh, I recorded it in person with William and I had just moved out. No, 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 no the yeah. interview with Greg Weissman. I'm, that one I'm, I did for my office. You sure? I'm, I'm I, I, did, I did from a conference. I, am, I, am I just remembering it completely wrong? Yeah. I guess I am. It was, okay, the, never mind. It was the episode after that that we did in person. Oh, well, yeah. okay, yeah. But it was, was like, long. anyway, it was, it was June. It was a while ago. We've had it like. Yeah, it was a long yeah, time yeah. ago. It's been sitting on it. We didn't want to. I was pushing it to try and get it out there, but we had to sit on it for a while because the name thing, the logo thing, all that stuff kind of got in the way. And until uh, the pun started. That's when it all clicked. <laughs> I apologize. That was my fault, by the way. No, there's no uh, apologies. Anyway, getting yes. bring us back on topic a little bit. <laughs> this is this is actually our first really big episode. I mean, the interview was awesome, of course. Mm-hmm. But tonight we're going to be reviewing the first episode or movie or however you want to call it of Rebels. So. As usual, before we can actually talk about Rebels, we have to talk about announcements. Tom, do you want to take that for us? Yes, I can take it. Um, If you guys have been watching the internet recently, there is now stuff on StarWars.com from The Clone Wars. The Clone Wars Legacy has been released, and it right now includes four Utapau episodes in automatic form, plus three sets of concept art and a video introducing everything. This is actually pretty cool because they're basically showing you behind-the-scenes stuff of the Clone Wars that never made it to screen. So you're seeing animatics that are partly animated. You're seeing visual development of stuff that, you know, was going to be in episodes. I don't know of any show that's done this in the past, and I'm not sure if they're going to be adding content later, but that would be pretty cool. So what do you guys think of, I think this is a big announcement that they did. You know, it's one of those things, you know, we were, we knew how far ahead in the Clone Wars they were. We were really sad when it got canceled and I'm, we got the bonus missions, which helped kind of with that loss and knowing, but still knowing that there was all this content that never got released was really sad. And I'm glad that we're getting at least pieces of it. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, we got, um, we already got the Darth Maul arc uh, in, in Darth Maul, Son of Dathomir, which we reviewed uh, in our previous episode. 
we have um uh i guess it's not out yet but you will be you'll be seeing it in probably a day or two as, as we're recording this uh actually tomorrow as we're recording this episode the episode will go live our review of son of dathomir um <clears throat> we also know we've got the asajj ventures book coming uh coming that soon that was a full announcement that um announcement. And, and as well as this Utapau arc so we got concept art from uh, uh all of, all three of those storylines um but the Utapau arc itself was really cool i mean it's four episodes they're 22 23 minutes long each and it includes you know the voice acting and and everything uh it's all cut together the only difference is the animation looks really early because it's all story mm-hmm. reels. Right. Um, but it's so cool. And I can just, as I was watching it, I could imagine what it could have looked like had they, you know, uh, completed it. And I was like, oh, this, this could have been such a fantastic arc. And we're going to, we're going to review it, um, mm-hmm. next weekend. Pete, what, what did you think? Uh, I, th- I thought it was very cool. I've been very busy with rebel stuff this week, as you can imagine. So I've only had a chance to watch the first episode on it uh-huh. and the introductory video. Um, uh, but I think it's really cool. I think it's really promising in the fact that I think it sort of, for, uh, pretends what we're going to see on like an ultimate complete series blu-ray set right because this mm-hmm. is definitely seems like something they're getting ready for bonus features on that blu-ray set um of course my personal preference is i'd love to see them do something with marvel similar to the marvel knights series they do direct to video and do like some uh, motion comics mm, because they have okay. because they record stuff so far ahead they've got a lot of audio in the can from actors and it'd be ashamed to waste those vocal performances when they could do like motion comics and tell some of the other arcs that i'd like to see realized yeah, that, that'd, that'd be, be really fantastic cool. i hope they they release as much as they possibly can in any form right they can you know it's yeah. they've got one a comic they've got a book they've got the story reels and maybe we'll get more story reels who knows how many how much content they have um i i think I, I was what in the would really position. have been cool is if they did the yeah i, I think what would have been cool is if they did the uh dathomir arc as the motion comic yeah because i mm-hmm. i like the comic but i think it lacked something it lacked the actual maul aspect where you're seeing darth maul be or hear darth maul uh-huh. i think that would have been something where it's like if you want to do a motion comic perfect setup for that mm-hmm. yeah and, and i mean i was in the same boat as you pete um i've been so busy i actually sat down and watched the last three episodes this afternoon and i have to say the first one was good the second one and the second through fourth are even better, and um, there was there's a couple n- really nice moments in the in the second episode that I really appreciated, and I won't spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. But <laughs> okay, uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it next week. Man, man, we man, 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 man. I'm gonna have but to watch was, it this week. It was week, really then. cool. Yeah, highly recommend it. I mean, it's it's early stuff, so you know when when characters are walking, they're they're actually not moving at all. They're just sliding along yeah, the ground, sliding. and yeah. you know you'll see like when Obi Wan looks up, he has like a hole in his neck. You know, uh, because they didn't model them fully and they don't their faces don't move when they talk and their, their mouths don't move and very basic expressions. But mm-hmm. it's enough that you get uh, you get you get the gist of of what's going on. And I can I can picture it in my head as I'm watching mm-hmm. this. And you got the full performances and it's really cool. Uh, I actually was surprised it was four episodes. I thought it was three at first because on Star Wars dot com, um, the fourth episode uh, says it's 47 seconds long. If you actually look, and so wow. I thought it was like a short clip, and I was surprised it was a full twenty-two minute episode. Um, so mm. yeah, yeah, total of, uh, of four episodes up there, and highly recommend it. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. But, okay. but before that, yeah, I was before you say, watch those, there's there's something even more important you need to watch. Well, Is there? Or, what what, what uh, else could there possibly be to watch? 
was going to say arguably more important. It depends on what your preference is. If you know you prefer the old Republic and you know the original Jedi, or if you prefer you know the Empire and this you know scrappy oh, band of um, well, what do you what do you me. call them? Um, you know when you when you're resisting the authority, what are you? Are, um, are you are you talking rebels? Separatists? Oh, rebels. Separatists, exactly. Rebels. Separatists. Separatists. Yep. Okay. It's a great great new show coming to uh, Disney XD. <laughs> Oh, you heard, you heard it here first. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, Star no. Wars Rebels. Um, no. For many people, uh, I think it's, if you're in the U.S. and you you subs- you have access to Disney XD, uh, you can watch it online. Uh, otherwise, you'll be able to watch it on uh, Disney Channel on Friday, uh, so just a couple days away. But Spark of Rebellion is already up online. Uh, Tom, I know you got a chance to watch it. Yep. Uh, we actually all did. We, um, we we had the opportunity to go to uh, screenings in Seattle and San Diego, and so I think uh, I'm really curious to hear everybody's thoughts about the screening itself before we dive into the into our review of of the episode. Uh, Pete, you were you were at the San Diego screening. What did you think? Uh, it was uh, very cool. It was a nice digital cinema. Um, what we saw was. It was. It wasn't a. I mean, it's a normal size theater there, so it wasn't a huge screening. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about two thirds full, mostly kids um, with some parents, and they had a they had a large contingent from the Boys and Girls Club. So mm-hmm. it was like people that were volunteering there and the kids that they sponsored, um, which was pretty cool. Um, there was a little bit of activities beforehand. They had a couple of five hundred first members there to pose for photographs. They had some. Uh, I'm not sure if it was out of a book or like some like drawing book that they had. They had some like sheets of paper with like the rebels characters. Mm-hmm. Um, for the kids to draw on, and they also had like a magician, mad scientist, entertainer guy there that was doing some kind of experiments. That I didn't really hang out with because it wasn't really Star Warsy, but yeah. Oh, so that's interesting. So, um, I mean, we we were both at the Comic Con screening as well, and I felt like that one had a very different vibe in in many ways. Um, that one was more press, and it was yeah, older yeah. fans. Um, the screenings we went to, and Stephen, I'll, I'll let you describe ours if you want. Um, because sure, I talked yeah. about the Comic Con well, so, one, but it was it was it was a lot more like yours in many ways. Yeah, so a lot of kids. There, I want to say that we had a similar group. I don't I don't know of. Uh, you said it was what the Boys and Girls Club, something like that. Yeah, yeah, Boys and Girls Club of San Diego. Okay, yeah. So I want to say there was a similar group there um, at ours. I I didn't talk to any of them, so I don't know specifically which organization they were part of. Um, but you know they. So they were there um, enjoying it. Lots of kids. They had uh, balloon animals, um, Star Wars balloon animals, a couple of drawing things. Face painting. <laughs> face painting was the other one. Um, but it was. It, I was surprised by how young the audience was because I got to go to the uh, Son of Dathomir, or not Son of Dathomir, excuse me, the original Dathomir uh, arc up at the Presidio many, many years ago. Actually, it was probably like two years ago. Um, and that was a much older audience. And this was, you know, oh, Rebels premiere, awesome, but, you know, kind of, kind of younger, which... It was good and bad. It was interesting. There was definitely some mm-hmm. uh, kid laughter during some mm-hmm. odd parts of the the movie or show, if you. <laughs> but yeah, um, and yeah, there was a uh, much younger focus. There had a decent amount of people from the five hundred first legion there. Uh, yeah. I want to say we had Darth Vader, four or five stormtroopers. We didn't have. There was a Darth Vader there. I think there was. Wasn't there? And I gotta Not go look I at that remember. picture. Maybe, there was, maybe not. So there there was, was, yeah, so there was a Princess Leia, two Stormtroopers, two TIE pilots, two Imperial officers, and a Rebel pilot. So he obviously has a better memory than I do. But uh, <laughs> when it, Apparently when it comes to Star Wars costumes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, there was that. And uh, the event, uh, I, I don't believe, was run by Lucasfilm. I think it was by a third-party company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what our event was. It was done by some third-party promo company as well. And, and I could tell because there were seats reserved for uh, for Lucasfilm. That's, that's one of the ones we sat in. And it said Lucasfilms, plural, with an S uh, at the end. No, no, not and I'm even like, just that. It was, she came out and was like, yeah, we're really ha- happy to have you all here. This is an event being put on by Lucasfilms. And William sitting next to me just starts almost audibly groaning. It's like, yes, it's okay. <laughs> so I could tell it wasn't by Lucasfilm, but it was still a great time. We had a, it was really cool to, to see the, the, uh, the, the first episode, it's not even the first episode, the, basically the pilot, the movie, whatever you want to call it, that kicks off. Uh, off the series, yeah, uh, it was really awesome, and uh, it, it is it is so cool just to th- see it in the theater. Uh, it's such a great experience. Yeah, anytime you can see Star Wars on the big screen, that's the way to experience. No matter what, it's the movie or the shit. One of the shows. It's definitely Boy, the way to go. You guys are making me very envious. I, I'm sorry, I, Tom. <laughs> I know. I I think I think they had a screening out here in L.A., but somehow I never heard anything. Yeah, I was scheduling and stuff so yeah sorry stuff happens next time next, next time so at least at least you got to see it so uh yes. shall we get into our review well before, before we do the review to give it give us the rundown william we can't we yes, can't well, talk yeah. about oh, an episode yes. without how, a title and writer credits and all these sorts of things these so uh obviously things are a little bit different uh from the clone wars we don't have a, a jedi fortune cookie but um, this episode, this was uh, Rebels season one, episode zero, Spark of Rebellion. It was written by Simon Kinberg and directed by Stuart Lee and Stephen G. Lee. Uh, and um, I haven't. I, there's there's a whole bunch of synopses online. Synopses. Um, one I think that that works is the Empire tightens its grip on the galaxy, hunting down the last of the Jedi Knights. Um, but but basically, you, you all know the premise. Five years before A New Hope, um, uh, there's a there's a group of of, of rebels, basically uh, uh, the, the crew of the Ghost, and they somehow get involved with this uh, with this the beginnings of the rebellion. I guess I don't really want to spoil anything because it's in the it's in the episode. But since we've all seen it and we're assuming you've <laughs> you've all watched it, I guess we can just get go straight into it. Um, the episode starts off by kind of. Um, laying the groundwork for this era in many ways, trying to show how oppressive the empire is, you know, um, bullying random civilians in the streets, just trying to make a living. And what do you guys think of the beginning? I mean, obviously this is the first seven minutes that they released. Um, what was it? A month or two ago? Um, give or take. Yeah. 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 Give or take. Yeah. Uh, so, so what are, what are your thoughts on the, on the beginning of this? You know, it introduces, um, the, the empire introduces Ezra, uh, and and the crew of the ghost. I, I I think I'm gonna go back to I think from that episode the the main thing we got out of it was it still bothers me who is that kid who is that guy <laughs> I, the worst um, part so sorry I have to no go the, ahead the, Stephen the go the ahead because I, that is, go ahead we talked about that last time like okay like that that was pretty bad and then yeah. like, I kind of forgot about just how bad it was and so I'm sitting there and every time someone said who is this kid. Like, William and I would just turn and look at each other like, I can't believe it. They just said it again. <laughs> and the and sad again. thing is, you knew it was coming. Yeah. Oh, you was, saw that seven minutes. awful. It's still like nails on a chalkboard. And and I still, I still, and I, I know it's bad, but I still want to sing one jump ahead of the bread line when, <laughs> when Ezra shows up. I mean, I, I don't see, 
I, I see the comparisons with Aladdin, but then again, I don't see the comparisons with Aladdin. And, and I just, this one part is the thing that just blew it for me. It's like, that's after you get away from that, I can accept Ezra for who he is. But when he's in that part of taking the, the, whatever fruit they were from the guy, that whole thing running through my head is God, he's trying to get away from the guys again. Oh, I've seen this before. So, you know, I'm happy that part's done with. Now yeah. we can just move on from there. Yeah. I, I mean, the first the first seven minutes are basically trying to, to, to set things up, uh, kind of get, mm-hmm. get a little action. Uh, you know, it starts with the, the Star Destroyer flying overhead and Ezra's looking up. Whoa. Which like, was a nice shot. Yeah, yeah. and really kind of, uh, kind of lets you know that, yeah, you're back in the original trilogy era there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, it, go ahead. Peter? I was just going to say that it also sort of emphasizes the fact that the Empire doesn't really care about you if they're going to fly their giant Star Destroyer into your atmosphere above your little city. <laughs> right. It's like, exactly. yeah, we're here. We're, we're in charge. Get used to it. <laughs> well, you almost you almost wanted to see that Star Destroyer come in and knock down Ezra's, Ezra's home. Because you're looking at it going, okay, they don't care. Just knock the thing over because the thing was so tall. Yeah. And how that, you just, that would have been interesting if they actually did that, which I now toward the end of the episode you know why they didn't but yes i agree with you pete they're like we don't care we're coming in i actually want to learn more about that that random building because there's nothing around and there's a giant spire and we were joking it almost looks like a, the space needle it's so hard it looks exactly like the space needle and it's hard when you know the space needle is like down the street not down the street from the it was down the street from where we were watching it so yeah yeah. it's not that far uh it's actually an abandoned communication station for the old uh lothal communication network like so basically like cnn on lothal that went out of business when the empire took over i think and they sort of (laughs) abandoned it and he sort of moved in it's uh okay adam bray talks about it in the uh visual guide oh okay i I haven't i haven't checked the visual yeah, I haven't checked the visual guide yeah. either. Nice. I wonder if... But that explains yeah. it. Okay, cool. Very cool. Yeah, I was just so, thinking about the other other books and stuff. So, so anyway. I have to say, that, so in the first seven minutes, I thought we got really good examples of how to show off how oppressive the Empire is and how to not do it. So, like, the starters yes. that are coming in over the city, it's... You know, similar to like the episode four opening where you see this little tiny ship being chased by a massive ship. It tells you immediately, okay, good guy, bad guy, underdog, yep. uh, overdog, whatever, whatever the word is. And on the other hand, you've got that fruit scene, which I, I can't stand. Like, I get that the Empire is oppressive and they're bad, but, like, that's it's just a really, like, like they're not, I don't like when the, the Empire is portrayed as just, like, super stereotypically evil. Like mm-hmm. most people in the empire genuinely believe that they're doing things for a good reason and kicking a fruit basket and knocking someone over usually doesn't quite apply. Well, not like, only maybe, that, maybe grabbing a piece of fruit, especially too. bad. Yeah, true. But there are, there got to be some bad, bad apples. And I, and uh, if what we learn from some of the stuff before the series is that a lot of these people are, since they're not clones anymore, it's people that are recruited. And if they're recruiting right. bullies and from less than savory characters into the empire, you're going to, especially on the backwater planets, where there's a little less supervision from the center of the empire, you might have uh, a little more bad actors involved in the situations. But exactly. it was kind of funny how they immediately, as soon as someone says something bad at all, they immediately jump to treason. It was <laughs> yeah. Zero, yeah. <laughs> instant treason. I was like, wow, that was quick. It's too hot. Treason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? No, it's, it's, I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it's perfectly cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I did, I did kind of laugh, though, when, you know, 
you think Ezra is helping this guy and what does he do? He just he just steals some of the fruit from him and is like, yep, mm-hmm. I'm going to help myself now and then runs off, uh, which I think where the, some of the Aladdin uh, comparisons yeah, come I, in. Yeah, I, I actually liked that introduction for Ezra. I, I thought it worked really well in kind of establishing that, okay, he's he's not a hero yet. We, obviously, we know he's going to get there and there are moments in the entire, this movie where it's almost annoying that they're even creating this pretense of Ezra not having like a heroic nature, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll get to. Right. But I, I thought this worked really, really effectively for him. Like we, we can know that Ezra's not, not a, what's the phrase? He's, he's not, not a perfect. Jedi yet. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not. He's not the perfect Jedi yet. Well, he's not it, a perfect Jedi. Period. Right now. Yeah, and I don't remember noticing this in the original. In the original seven minute, I really liked all of the scenes where Ezra's uh, Force senses tingling. The way mm-hmm. they did the sound effects and everything about it worked. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I know. Yes. It occasionally was a little on the cheesy side, but as a rule, I really liked it. I, I felt the use of if, the use of music was was really well done. Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, every time Ezra noticed something, and spoiler alert, you know, we it find out he's he he has the forest. He's he's force sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time you know he starts to sense something, they play that 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 cue. But I think they didn't have any and, other choice to do that oh, because no, how was, were they able to express he's force sensitive if they didn't have that kind of cue? Yeah, to show that he had it. Yep, exactly. No, I, I think it works really well. Like you know, yes, it, I agree. that's something that comes across like the force sense, if you will, or the the danger sense, whatever you want to call it, comes mm-hmm. across really well in books. You know, because you can like, and then Luke felt something, or however you want to describe it. It's a lot harder to do visually though, and through mm-hmm. audio, and this one worked really, really well. Mm-hmm. Like it and, lets us kind of feel the mystical elements of the force. Like, okay, something's happening, but I actually don't know why. It just is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. While while we're on the subject of 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 the the music, I want, I'm curious. What are your thoughts? I mean, in on on Kevin Kiner's use of John Williams themes in Rebels, in the Rebels premiere, in the Clone Wars, um, at least initially, they they tried to stay away from the the classic themes as much as possible, and they kind of started to seep back in a little bit near the end uh, of the show. Uh, we got more of the the classic themes. But Rebels is almost... I don't want to say exclusively, because they have the Rebels, the remaining Rebels theme. You know, uh, which they, they remixed in uh, a number of different locations, which I thought w- worked very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really like that theme. Yeah. But... Uh, well, I'm curious what your thoughts are on the how much they use the classic themes in, in slightly different ways. Did you like it? Was it overkill? Um, Pete, what, what did you think? There you go. I, I really appreciated it quite a bit. Um, one of the things about Star Wars is that it works on multiple senses all at the same time. Um, and so it, to me, when the music's there, it works on a subconscious level where it gets you into that Star Wars groove. Mm-hmm. And the one thing about the Clone Wars, as much as I enjoyed the show, was that at times the music sort of took you out of it. So it takes away from that feeling. Um, so I really appreciated seeing the screening twice. This sort of the immersive experience you get and how much it feels and sounds like Star Wars that you're mm-hmm. used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with Pete. I think that was the one thing that actually is going to help the show tie into the Star Wars universe. It has to be that type of music to have that kind of call back. It's, it's going to satisfy us as the Star Wars fans, but it's also going to help the younger generation coming in because I said the same thing when it came to Clone Wars. Clone Wars is for that young generation. Rebels is now for this young generation, and it's actually helping them bridge the gap into what we know as Star Wars and then what's coming in the future of Star Wars. So there's a nice bridge throughout that music to tie everything together. Mm-hmm. 
I thought the sound design as a whole was just fantastic. You know, that like the first time you hear the TIE fighters scream come back in and, mm-hmm. you know, all, all these sort of really classic sound effects, be it music and otherwise, just it, it makes it feel so much more connected to the Star Wars mythology mm-hmm. than really we like we've had in a long time. Like a lot of the uh, sound effects from the Clone Wars are, are uh, they're identifiable, but not iconic, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just I I loved seeing them coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I think what also helped when it came to the sound effects, you got to hear the old Tie Fighter sounds, but you also got to hear the new sound from the Ghost when its laser blasters are completely different than what you heard from the Millennium Falcon. So they're 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 kind of mixing the two generations of sounds, mm-hmm. which is working very well because it's subtle, but you definitely know well that's not the Millennium Falcon shooting, that's a different ship, but yes, that's definitely a TIE fighter screaming through space because of the, the blasters and its engines. So it's a great mix of that kind of stuff. I, I really like how the so, sound design and how they put the thought into it. Speaking of comparing the ghost to the Millennium Falcon, I also laugh because there are a number of times throughout the screening where they're like, okay, you know, I, I can't maneuver out, keep away from them for long. And then it comes <laughs> to a, a shot of just like, oh, it's listing lazily to the left. Wait a minute! <laughs> it listed lazily to the left. <laughs> like it, you know, from that like the the Family Guy sketch. It like yep. I laugh, but that's that's exactly what happened in the original trilogy, and it's really yeah. funny to kind of see it come back here, uh, versus kind of the over the top sort of maneuvers and such we got from the Clone Wars. Yeah, uh, you mentioned the the space battle, and uh, I think we can since we already um, since we already discussed the first seven minutes, we can we can talk about that more if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but or or we can just skip straight to the space battle. Where, I think we skip to the space battle. You know, because because they, can... they have that. There's that whole great that, that whole great speeder chase. Um, yep. Just to kind of quickly do it, and I like the moment where Kanan throws the thermal detonator at the stormtrooper and and all that kind of stuff. Um, but they they get on the uh, they get on the ghost, um, and they immediately go into space and they have a very uh, a New Hope style space battle. You know where. They've got the uh, uh, the crew of the ghost and the and the gun turrets and mm-hmm. um, and the, the the explosions are just mm-hmm. like in a New Hope. It's that 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 I really loved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, can I just add that like, yeah. the the moment where uh, Ezra ends up accidentally in the the gun turret and then Sabine kicks him out and takes over and starts shooting up the Tie yes. Fighters. Yes. that was a that was a very nice introduction for that character. She's just. She has no time for his foolishness at that point, and she's got business mm-hmm. to take care of. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's an interesting dynamic. I actually, I actually like the um, the dynamic and the interactions between all of the different characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Kanan and 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 Hera have this very much like a um, they're the they're the leaders or almost the parents of the group because the group's relatively young in, in many ways. Um, you know, Ezra and Zeb. Zeb comes across. As very gruff and uh, almost like a, a bit of a bully in, in some ways, but he also has this this big heart. And um, I have to say, he gets all the best lines. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would have to agree. <laughs> he, he has I some would... hilarious lines. What I'm looking forward to is relation the relationship between Zeb and Ezra because I see it more of as an uncle taking a nephew under his wing. Because um, you definitely know that you've got Kanan and Ezra are going to be the you know, Jedi Master and the Jedi Apprentice. That's going to be one dynamic. Mm-hmm. The other dynamic is going to be a lot of fun to watch. 
So that's what I'm looking forward to see that moving forward. Yeah, and, you know, and, I, and I, and I got to say, well, one last thing, Stephen, and I got to yeah. say, I really want to see Ezra try and hit on Sabine again, because that, <laughs> that I think is going to be not, not, not every episode, but just a little subtlety every once in a while. Cause you could just, I'm going to stop right there. I want to see a little bit more. That of was that, a funny moment. Kind of fun. yeah, it, yes. was, yeah. it was, it was one of those odd things where all of my favorites, uh, like all my favorite relationships out of that episode were th- were the ones the non standard ones to a degree. So like I was Zeb and Ezra, Ezra and uh, Sabine, uh-huh. um, like the ones that I feel like they were trying to make us care about. So like Kanan and Ezra, I didn't I didn't feel all that attached to. Right. But well, like, and actually, I think even Kanan isn't that attached to Ezra at first. I mean, he he notices something special about Ezra, but he's almost trying to keep his distance and trying to test him. But yeah, I, I would say I would say if you, yeah. Um, I was just, sorry. Go ahead, Pete. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say that it almost seems like Kanan is testing Ezra because he knows he has to, and Hera's sort of for he knows that he has to in front of Hera, but he doesn't uh-huh. really want to. Uh-huh. Uh But it's only through the course of the episode that it sort of wears him down to the point that he's willing to step up and actually do what he really should do in the situation. Right, and he, he at the beginning he's very much like, oh no, he's just a street rat, and, you know, he's right. not important, and ah, uh, whatever. And of course, Harris right. like he's very creative and sounds like someone oh. I used to know, which is uh, even more interesting now having read A New Dawn. I think. So, so Kanan says stuff like that a lot from the very beginning. I don't think he actually thinks that though. I agree. Are, I'm not, I don't. So think there, he yeah, so there, there are a lot either. of really interesting moments where I think. Like, Kanan definitely let Ezra take the holocron mm-hmm. just to see what yes. would have happened. And that's something that happens, like, almost from the very, very beginning. Before any, uh, like, before we re- they've even begun really talking, Kanan's already kind of investigating him. Yeah. Seeing him, does he, does he have the force? Is he worth training? Tom, I think you are going to say something. I, I was going to say, I, I'm going to piggyback on what you said about reading A New Dawn. Because that's how I see the relationship at the beginning of this episode, is how Kanan was in the book. I'm not, I haven't finished it yet, but at the start of the book, how he tried to keep distance to where he got to a certain point where it's like, you know what, my time here is done, I'm leaving. It seemed like at this point, yes, he's got a crew, but when it came to Ezra, it's like, do I need to invest my time in him, or is this going to be like, let's just, no, just push him on. But you have to read the book to kind of get that dynamic of Kanan to understand what I saw at that point. So, Sorry. No, that's that's <laughs> I, I completely agree with you there. Yeah. And yeah, I, I just I really enjoy all the all the dynamics uh, between the different characters. I mean, you know, at one point was it Zeb says, oh, oh if I to- if I told you I'd have to kill you and I just might kill you anyway. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or uh, I love the, the feel of the stormtrooper helmet against my fist. And that was a fun line. <laughs> that was fun. He really Although did what... have all the best lines. Yeah. Although one thing I have noticed in this episode Stormtroopers and TIE fighters still can't hit their mark. <laughs> I, I laughed so hard. Like this, the TIE fighters actually did okay, but they were like, as, so I noticed this again during the speeder scene, like Kanan and the Stormtroopers are, are like five feet away from each other. Yes. And they're ducking. Yes. Keeping their heads completely right above over the, the, the crazy. I'm like, wow, you guys really can't aim. Can you? Yep. Yep. The blasters um, don't have any rifling on the barrels, so you know yeah. you have no idea yeah. where that blast is going. It's just going all over the place. Yeah, it's like <laughs> aiming somewhere. I, I think we've got this. Yeah. Nope. Uh, so speaking of, of characters, the other big character in this in this episode 
Uh, I'll say from Chopper, who we actually didn't mention yet, but Chopper's great. Uh, I'm sure we'll get more of him, um, but I, I do love Chopper already. <laughs> Especially that moment where, uh, what was it, Ezra and Sabine were in the in like the kitchen, and Sabine leaves, and Ezra starts to follow, and uh, and and Chopper's like bumps into him, like uh-uh, don't don't even think about it. Okay, uh, one um, one thing about that scene, uh-huh. out of all of the episode, I don't know why, but that kitchen scene took me out of the show. Really? I, it's how he entered. I don't know. I, even when they showed it as a short, it seemed like that was almost like a little, a little. To me, that was almost like a little throwaway. Huh. How it was done was like it's a little throwaway thing, and it's like it seemed like for me it was just shoehorned in there. I don't know why. I understand why it was there. Understand it was showing dynamic, but just somehow how he entered, how the interaction just didn't didn't really work for me. Go ahead, yeah. Pete. And I was just gonna say, it, to me, it played like the uh, the Han and Leia scene when the, in Empire Strikes Back when they're repairing the Falcon and three PO walks in on him. Yeah, it was that yeah. kind of that pr- quiet private moment where these characters. It's a different situation, different dynamic between the characters, but the moment right. was similar to me. And it, I, I really like the flow and the fact that we're bouncing around with all these characters how they're bouncing off each other in the confines of the ship. So mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying those relationships. Uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to see the relationships between all the characters develop as the show yep. goes on because they're they're already really great, and mm-hmm. I, I enjoy them quite a bit. I mean, we didn't get to go quite into as much backstory with Hera and Sabine, and I think really Kanan and Zeb probably got the, the biggest focus of the, of, the, of the crew of the Ghost, at least, along with, along with Ezra. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but hopefully we'll get to learn more about um, about, about Chopper and, and Hera and, and Sabine uh, as the as the show progresses. Uh, mm-hmm. But we also had Agent Callus, who is uh, a member of the Imperial Imperial Security Bureau. Uh, now, Stephen, sorry, were I, you excited when you heard that? <laughs> I no, I was. I was. I was more excited for the puns that we're going to be able to use when we get to the end of the episode. Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, well, so, here, I hadn't even thought about that. Neither have I. I, I. I was just like, hey, you know what that means? That means ISB's canon. You Which know? is nice. Now, <laughs> now, if someone will just mention Armand Izard, I will be so happy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so well, that, that made ahead. me happy. And uh, uh, so then the crew of the ghost goes to uh, they go back to um, the Lothal mm-hmm. and they stop at a town that Ezra's never heard of called Tarkin Town. Yes. <laughs> well, I think it's I think it's from the the residents of there. It's called Tarkin Town. It's probably named something else. But naturally, everybody can figure out that's named after Grand Moff Tarkin, which it's basically a slum. Mm-hmm. And. I just I love the fact that again we're bringing an established character and we got Tarkin in so that to me that says we're definitely going to see Stephen Stanton on the series at some point voicing yep. Tarkin and they're setting oh. up Tarkin as the governor of the outer rim sector which is Lethal's going to fall into yeah so yep. at, in, like in the New York Comic Con last year they talked about how there would be levels of villains that they'd work through right. so we meet Callus in this we get a later on we'll talk about it, I'm sure we get a look at the Inquisitor very briefly. Mm-hmm. But it, it, after that, you get the idea that Tarkin might be another level out there mm-hmm. that they could get to in the boss fight system. Actually, it's a great yeah. point. Stephen and I were talking about this after the screening, yeah. and um, so I guess we can we can go into it now. Stephen, I'll, I'll let you. Yeah. So explain uh, your the theory. Way I, but I, I think there's another is, layer in there now. I think. I, I, th- I think you're actually right. I, yeah. I hadn't thought of this, but I, I feel like what we're gonna end up seeing is like the season finales will be successive levels of you know this boss system. So you know, 
season one will be maybe will probably be the Inquisitor and Callus for the most part. And at the end of season one, Callus will go to uh, Grand Moff Tark and be like, you know, you know, there we I need your help. Like, you know, there, this threat is bigger than I expected. And then at the end of season two will be uh, the Inquisitor going to Vader and be like, there's a there, I've got two Jedi. And I think I think they, they're problematic enough to that, you know, I need your intervention or something along those lines. Maybe not quite that quickly, but I feel like we're going to see those those characters kind of brought in as the, this small rebel cell grows larger and larger. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, which characters he yeah. Will we see Darth Vader? Will we see the Emperor? Uh, I, I, I'm going to guess for a while they're probably not going to try to use them mm-hmm. very much because they're not going to enter the picture unless it's a huge deal, I think. Yeah. But um, it'll, it'll still be fascinating. Um, yeah, and one thing that I wanted when we we're talking about the villains and sort of the heroes, as we've talked about a little bit, the vibe I'm sort of getting from the show is uh, Robin Hood. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So you've got the band of merry men, and they're going against the corrupt government in the area. Yeah. And so yeah, Callus yeah. is the Callus, the Inquisitor, one of them, sort of the sheriff of Nottingham. <laughs> and then there you go. Tarkin could be the uh, the evil prince character. Yeah, that, that's a great yeah. analogy. That is a great. Yeah. Analogy. Actually, I wanted to go back to talk about Tarkin Town, the the actual location. Sure. Uh, so as part of that town, we had those those beehive style buildings mm-hmm. in the background during a lot of it. Aren't those like essentially Killick hives from Alderaan? And I'm trying to think where else we've seen them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I w- well, I don't know, Steve. I mean, so they're not. It's okay, all so legends. It's yeah, all legends. It's, now. it's all legend now. However, yeah. in the previously established canon. Yeah. Those and I believe that came from all the uh, Alderaan concept art, didn't it? Yeah, if you if you go into the making of Return of the Jedi, yeah, um, they actually have the the Macquarie artwork in there, and they talk about how that was concept art for a planet called Sisamon, ah, and I also see. they okay. I, they think they interpreted it for Alderaan at some point as well. Yeah, but it was all based off it. that realm Macquarie design they were using on the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and actually just just to talk about the um, the design in general. What do you what do you guys think of the of of the look of the show? I think the establishing shots in particular are beautiful. There was like one moment where they had the establishing shot of that city. Uh, and it, at, it was, like, I think, in the evening, maybe. And well, it, it looked. The evening with the Star Destroyer that was parked off to it. And then there was the other ship that was next to it. Yeah, that, that was so. That, that one was shot beautiful. was very pretty. Um, and, and I think they've done a great job with like the, the facial expressions and, and some of the movements. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do like how. I feel like in this show they have more weight. The characters have more weight to them when they're running. Mm. Um, not quite as fully. I know, Steven, you had some thoughts. Yeah, thoughts. so I think you're like the establishing shots, the the uh, the ships, the the backgrounds. I love all of that. I I feel like they come through really really well, like concept art that you would expect out of you know Macquarie's art. I do not like the animations of the actual characters. Um, some of those, some of the characters, I feel like are, are overly exaggerated in terms of their modeling. Um, one of the uh, Imperials at the very beginning, during that like seven-minute segment, were like that. They, he had a face that was just like, I don't know, like absurdly long. Mm-hmm. I think I know the one you're talking about. It's it's the one who who was reporting to, I think, Callus at the time, and mm-hmm. he said something. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. he yeah, he just, he just has an absurdly I know the long one. face. What, what's he was name? gone. I think I think you posted his name, didn't you? Pete earlier uh yeah I'm it's trying to remember uh name. let me make sure i get the because there's two of them and i make sure i get the right yeah name for that way yeah it's the bigger one is grint um okay. and then the other one let me 
and it's uh, I'm, I know I'm gonna get it wrong, so I'd rather look <laughs> <okay>. it up. <laughs> no problem. I can't remember it's off the right. top of my head. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I mean, there were some parts of the of the visual style that I, I wasn't a huge fan of. I thought like hair in particular was kind of hit and miss. Uh, it moved, which is a great improvement over the early seasons of the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Although I felt like it was a little bit too shiny. A lot, in many a lot of things. Yeah. And that I have to agree with. I think the, the one thing that bothered me was Zeb and his eyeballs with those yellow eyes and it had that white highlight inside. That to oh, me was just a little that. too... Sh- yeah, because his, eye, his eyes were a little too shiny. Huh. At least how I saw Zeb. Yeah, yeah the one I noticed was Ezra's hair where... Yep. Like, so they went like it's animated which is which is cool but it's it's kind of this matte shiny yes. black and it's and it animates in these large chunks mm-hmm. so it looks like he's got you know a, a swath of hair that's like the size of a hand that just happens to move together which isn't it it's not really how hair works mm-hmm. <laughs> well, i my the way i approached the series was just comparing the early seasons of the clone wars to it exactly. um just because yep. i think tom probably has more knowledge on this than i do but with the CG animation, the fact that you have to build up the assets and the character models, it takes so much time and so much yep. budget that we're, we'll eventually see revised models down the road, I'm assuming, and you'll get better hair, better different techniques. That's true. Um, yeah. It was the I, same thing on the Clone Wars, too. As, yeah. it got, yeah. as it got further along, we saw the animation get better. Well, it's part of remember, they had, a, they had a short lead time, too, and I'm sure a smaller that's budget. That's right. Yeah. But, sorry, Pete. Yeah. No, just and the one thing yeah. about the Clone Wars when it started was that I I really did not like the character models, but I really enjoyed the vehicle models. It feels like in the Clone Wars they had very um, lifelike and realistic vehicle models, uh-huh. um, and mm-hmm. in Rebels so far it seems like they're doing a much more stylized look to both the characters and the the vehicles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so overall, I think I like the design of the series better, but I do miss kind of some of the sharper, sharper, higher resolution vehicles and weapons and tech that we saw in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the, the stormtrooper armor was a little bit on the shiny side. Yeah, <laughs> the, the big improvement I'd like to see is in actual and some of the actual character animations. I felt like they were really flowy, kind of a noodle arm, if you will. Oh, um, I, or I think that's like that one scene which mm-hmm. it didn't bother me, but it was very flowy. Where uh, when uh, Kanan was like, uh, "Oh, it's been a difficult day." It was like moving around the cockpit with his arms. Yeah, just it. It, like, oh, I know Wars what you're had, talking about. Clone Wars had such a crisp spot, yeah. crisp style that I really, really loved. And this is like on the very opposite end of the spectrum. And I'd like them to tone it down a little bit as we go forward. Mm. Um, I think it'll help everything feel a little more grounded and uh, solid, if you will. Again, though, these are all like really minor, like yeah, yeah well, fatigues. Like <laughs> it, the the show looks great. I think uh, it, it it sounds great. The story I, is. And, I think, and this is. I think we can. Go ahead, Stephen. Then I. Sorry, I was gonna say, and as Pete pointed out, this is you know we're going from a show that had five to six, sorry, five to six seasons, and we know they were working on it what you know two, three years in advance of the show actually mm-hmm. coming out. Yep. So you know we're talking about like eight years worth of animation experience and build up, and a lot of that's being brought over to the Clone Wars, or sorry, to to Rebels. <laughs> uh, but you know they're they're also trying to do new stuff with it too. You don't want it to look right. exactly the same, and I think as Hopefully, we, even within the first season, we'll start to see some really big improvements right. in the visual like, aspects of like the show. And like any new show, even if you have the same team, every new show is going to take a little bit of time to find its footing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I think in this case, when it came to Rebels, it didn't have as much lead time as the Clone Wars. Right. So you're looking at, you're looking at basically, think of it as like the test episodes, really, and then they're going to start really honing it as the show goes on. So... 
and based on the credits of the show, we also know that a lot of this was done by CGCG, which is one of the overseas animation studios. And we're, I'm not sure how much was done by them and how much was done by Lucasfilm Animation. So we, it may be a lot of this because they had so little time was done out of out of house, out of the system. Ah, interesting. That's possible. I didn't notice that. Nice catch. Interesting. So I guess back to the uh, back to the episode mm-hmm. uh, itself. Um, so they're they're on they're at Target Town passing out food, and I, I think that's kind of a nice way to show that you know the the crew of the Ghost. They're not afraid to deal with criminals like Visago, uh, who who they're giving weapons to in exchange for credits and information, mm-hmm. uh, like intel about some Wookies. Uh, but they're also giving out food to the residents of Tarkin Town, very similar to like like you said, Pete, the the Robin Hood style, you know, trying to help people out. Um, so they're not afraid to deal with the criminal element, but they're also trying to help people. And to me, this also, I just want to say, this also felt like an episode of Firefly. That, that yes, one scene where yes, they yeah, unloading. Yes. I was like, this is right out of Firefly. Yeah. Yes. Now, did it bother, did it just bother me, or did you guys also pick up the Visago character? Did he kind of look like that blue guy from Guardians of the Galaxy? I, 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 I was actually Guardians really... Guardians of the ho- Galaxy, so... Oh, sorry. I was really hoping he was the uh, Deveronian from the Quinlan Voss comics. That, um, there you go. Whose name, it, whose name is escaping me? You know what? Uh, I have I have the action figure Vigo? somewhere, no. and I can't grab it. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he was, so he was a red Deveroni, and this guy was obviously a different color. Right. But right. I, the very similar type of character, and I was, I yeah. was hoping they'd, they'd bring him over. Uh, seems a little, little bit of a smaller gig for him, though. But yeah. And I, did you guys? What did you guys think of the droids that he had with him? His little henchmen droids. That was a very <laughs> cool design, I thought. I liked it, especially I, the the little um, the the numbers flashing mm-hmm. on the front every periodically. I don't know. Oh, Steven? I missed that. I was I just I kind of laughed when I saw them because they. Did you guys ever see the Super Mario Brothers movie? No. Oh God! So there, if I did, it was lot... years ago. Oh, it's awful. I know. <laughs> like, that's, that's, why, that's why I'm trying to push it out of my the, memory. Yeah. So the Goombas of the, the movie are these big, like seven foot tall like really broad shouldered muscle guys with heads the size of like ping pong balls. I think I may have and seen I, it because it had Bob Hodgkins in it and it yeah. had, I can't remember the other act. I, please don't Steven. Uh, no. So I, I thought the droids looked very similar this, you know, these really big bodies and these really tiny heads on top that just looked really funny to me. Oh, uh, it's like bad memories. I think I do remember seeing it. Oh, let's move on to this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, I'm going to butcher his name. Visago <laughs> tells the crew of uh, the ghost that, hey, by the way, those Wookiee slaves you were hoping to intercept are uh, being, they're like right out there in space and you should, you should go do that. And so we, so they do we that. got, huh? <laughs> so they do that. <laughs> so they do that. And we got what had to be the best line of the best scene of the entire thing, which is they, they, so they dock with the slave ship after convincing them that they've got an extra slave. And Zeb standing yes. there and cuffs said, "Don't you recognize a rare bald Wookiee?" <laughs> <laughs> and Zeb oh, does like worst Wookiee impression. <laughs> and the stormtroopers just looking at him, going, "What is? He, what are you talking about? This makes no sense." <laughs> and that's what Zeb's like. Ah, oh, forget it. It just punches. <laughs> it was so fantastic. And then, and then it, I think this it came was the with first genuine line. laugh. Like, hmm. Well, so, no, continue because I, I just, go ahead. I was going to say, it was, it was the first genuine laugh that Rebels got out of me. That was like, oh, w- well, dumb team, you, you've 
you've succeeded in moving past the battle droid humor of the Clone Wars. Okay, but what about the other line? Wasn't that the one in which he sat there and said, "I love, I love the feel of helmets under my knuckles." Yeah, or, yeah, I, yeah. Exactly. yeah. So that one, and that one came right after, which which also yeah. worked really well. That yeah, very well. Uh, uh, we we did skip one important part of this. Though. Oh, we did, uh, and that's that's the scene where um, you know, Ezra, who spoiler alert, is force sensitive, uh, finds uh, a holocron hidden in the ship, and he finds a lightsaber, a Kanan's lightsaber, and that moment when he ignites the lightsaber just gave me chills. It's like wow it's a lightsaber i don't know why like in the clone wars they're igniting lightsabers all the time and it's no big deal and all of a sudden in rebels you see them ignite a lightsaber i don't know if it's just because the time period or something it's like the animation no, that, that's rare lightsabers is and a the, lot better and it's the lot, animation it's the, cla- too. it's the classic style yeah where it kind of shakes uh a yeah. lot back and forth and um the, the the glow is a lot bigger uh it's not quite as defined uh, around yeah. around the blade and yeah so i mean when 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 Ezra ignited that lightsaber, it just gave me chills, and I was so excited. I I agree. I wish they hadn't done it though. Well, ignite so, the lightsaber. I, <laughs> okay, hang on. So I'm, I I talked to William about this, and I, maybe I'm I'm in the uh, uh, maybe I'm alone in this. What I would have liked is so we after this scene we see Kanan put take it apart and stick it on his belt. I wish it had been on Kanan's belt the entire time throughout the entire episode. No mention of the lightsaber. And then this scene where uh, at the very end when the stormtroopers are all shooting at them and Kanan stands up, then he pulls his lightsaber out for the first time and activates it. And we get that, you know, you know, focus your fire on the Jedi. I would have loved if that was the first time we'd seen the lightsaber. Like, even though we know Kanan is a Jedi, we know he has the, the lightsaber. Just, I feel like it would have been so... The, the build-up and the pacing of that would have been way better if they'd saved it for the end. But if he had the lightsaber clipped to his belt, then the audience would have known he was a Jedi. Well, yeah, well, the idea... Like, uh, yeah. The, just the, the impression that I got what they were trying to convey was the fact that, sure, he might have had the lightsaber, um, but, Kan- but Ezra does not know that Kanan is a Jedi at that point. Right. And it isn't until the, later on when he reveals it that Ezra realizes, wait, he's not just some guy that picked up a lightsaber somewhere along the way. He's an actual right. Jedi. Right. Um, and the the one thing about that moment that really took me back was it reminded me a lot of the poster I had hanging up on my wall as a kid, the Return of the Jedi poster, mm-hmm. with Luke holding up the lightsaber in his hands. Yes. And that's what Very that true. sort of just triggered me to that, that I had on my yes. wall as a kid. So. Oh, yes. And... Um, and yeah, I think A New Dawn does a, a, a good job of explaining how the lightsaber, even though it's hanging on Kanan's belt, um, it doesn't look like a lightsaber. It looks like just random parts or uh, other things that he'd have. I, I think I, that it's harder to see that in the show. It's a lot harder in the show. I, I wish they had broken it down in a different way because it's like, hey, so we've got this lightsaber and it's a unique lightsaber because see, it's got this extra like large ring at the top of it. And then the bottom is just a cylinder. But we, we're, as Star Wars fans, we're kind of trained to assume that if it's a cylinder, it's a lightsaber. And so when it hangs on his belt, it still looks like a lightsaber, even though it's not intended to be. Okay, but as Star Wars fans, we know he's a Jedi. Well, exactly. And so <laughs> I, I accept that in universe, no one, no one uh, gets that. But I would have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I, so that so, was jumping forward, jumping back again. Yeah. That was, so, so we, we board the... we board the ships to save the Wookiee slaves, the hairless Wookiees. Hairless, Hairless. <laughs> um, but so I'm just gonna say, sorry, 
I really hope at some point we get to meet a, a hairless Wookiee as part of the show. <laughs> I feel like at this point, that's something we need to see. Or maybe a Wookiee who gets caught in a fire and his fur gets singed off. Oh. Or oh, I, feel, I feel like we they have to do that now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so they're on, they're on the ship. And, of course, it's a trap. It's a trap! And... I, I didn't do it for the record. Sorry, I did. Um, I'll admit, I did. And, you know, Hera and Ezra quickly realize the trap. Everybody else is on the ship trying to free the, the prisoners. And so Hera has to convince Ezra to go save them. I think this is the moment you were talking about earlier, right, Stephen? Yeah, I just, I found this scene really frustrating. And this, so this scene I thought was endemic of the episode as a whole. And it's, this is what happens when you try and make a what is traditionally a 22-minute episode or two 22-minute episodes into a, an hour-long movie. The pacing just ends up feeling really rushed. And this just, like, it felt like it was almost too soon for Ezra to be doing this sort of thing in some respects. Or I just, I, the scene did not sell me on Ezra's change of heart is the mm. shortest way of putting it. Like, it was, it was a, it felt like it almost dragged on too long for something that I knew was going to happen. Like, of course, Ezra's going to go into the ship. But, like, there's no... Why are we spending time on this when, like, we know... It's just, like... I would have rather seen the time from that scene spent elsewhere. Hmm. Or, like... Or, alternatively, have it take place over a much longer period of time. I I can certainly see where Steven's coming from that perspective. Um, but the one thing that I that I get from at least this show and the clips we've seen is the fact that it seems like Hera is sort of like the Captain America character. She's yep. very pure of heart. She's mm-hmm. sort of the ideal rebel. And that being around her, it's it gets these characters to do things they wouldn't normally do on their own. Yep. Um, and so it's that influence that was sort of drawing Ezra into the light. And he doesn't like he as he's running up the door, he says, I don't know why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I but I do think it feels like that that sort of conversion was a little quick, just the way they were trying to play it out. Yeah. And I, I, I really like the way Hera did. It was just like I. It's it's what happens when you're trying to tell epic stories in you know 22 minutes is you you inevitably end up kind of feeling rushed. The Clone Wars had this problem really often, and I think mm-hmm. this is something that Rebels will probably struggle with, especially as they're trying to do these kind of bigger story arcs. Now, what did you guys think of? And I think isn't this the first time we've seen it? Ezra's got this really cool wrist slingshot. What mm-hmm. do you guys think of that? Yeah, that was the. <laughs> so the part of me that is really interested in Star Wars technology is unsure. Uh, <laughs> you know, okay, so what, how does this slingshot work? Is, is it's not a blaster, but it can no. still, you know, it still has the ability to stun stormtroopers. How does this work? I'm, I'm not sure about the science behind this thing in a science, fake science fiction TV show, but it, it had a similar, uh, animation to the, uh, the stun whips, didn't it? That the, they had the Zagirians had sort of that yellow crackling. Mm, yeah. yeah. It, I didn't think about that. I actually liked it quite a bit, although um, I think it's kind of because it reminded me of a weapon that I I kind of came up with in a Star Wars <laughs> video I made many years ago. Uh-oh. Uh, so... <laughs> you heard it here first. Lucasfilm steals William's idea. No, no. It was, I it was a podcast video my brother and I did. And we, had, we, had, we animated little lightsabers and added music and all this kind of stuff and just for the fun of it. Wait, why, why have you never shown this to us? It really question. reminded me of it. So, uh, anyway, moving uh, on. Did, um, that, before you move on, William, yeah. did anyone else get the impression that it was sort of a callback to Dennis the Menace? The sort of... 
you the know, rambunctious use with the yes. slingshot. Oh, yes. I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah. I I actually so I'll say like even though it's kind of weird, I think it's the perfect weapon for Ezra. I don't I don't really mm-hmm. want to see him wielding a blaster at this point, but a, a weird kind of quirky uh, wrist cannon I think kind of works for him. Yeah. yeah, I think I think at this point that's probably the best because you've already got you've got Kanan basically brandishing a blaster more than a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. So I think with Ezra this kind of works with him. Yeah, and it's like you know you you imagine Ezra is still kind of a kid, and I I have trouble yep. seeing him being mature enough, if you will, for a blaster, even though he's you know a fairly mature character because of you know the Empire and things like that. But the this strikes a nice balance for him for the moment. Like I, I think it'll probably be a big deal when he actually gets his own blaster, lightsaber, whatever ends up being. Um, but until that point, until we've seen him go through a lot of character development, I like the idea that he's kind of got this kid's weapon or kid's toy weapon turned real, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah, I agree. Um, so let's see. They're on. They're on the. They're on the ship. Uh, Ezra's joint trying to go warn them. And they don't really believe him at first. And that's when they're like, oh, wait. No, it is a trap. Mm-hmm. And we, the ensuing battle we get, is pretty cool. We get a, a, a zero-G fight mm-hmm. as um, Sabine and, and, and uh, Chopper I, so gravity. Uh-huh. Sabine rapidly becoming one of my favorite characters. She Just, is cool. Though she blows everything up, and I, I approve. And she enjoys it. And, and she enjoys it. <laughs> she enjoys it. And she, she even asks... How does it look? If she doesn't have the ability to see it, she asks somebody else's opinion because it's almost like, mm-hmm. do I need to add a little bit more explosives next time or do I need to back off? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, they, we get the zero gravity fight, which was pretty cool, but again, we'd seen parts of that in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, uh, the final scene, you know, they make it onto the ship, and Ezra gets grabbed by Callus, and Zeb, and Zeb basically just leaves him behind. And that it actually leads to my like probably my one of my favorite character moments of the entire premiere. Um, after Zeb leaves him behind, the bulkhead closes. They take off, uh-huh. and then you see Zeb just slouch against the bulkhead. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, that one, the animation that one moment yeah. just conveys all the character I need to know about Zeb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I mean, it was very in some ways kind of cold to leave him there but you could tell he kind of regretted it at the same time yep. he, he likes the kid even though um he just left him behind in the hands of the imperials mm. um, and, and then of course you know he tries to cover it up right uh I, sort of well <laughs> i thought that was really weird because like that so he starts off by I thought you saw him. And then as soon as everyone's like, no, he wasn't with me. He was with you, Zeb. And then they're like, he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. I left him. Sorry. Like, well, I never quite got the point of that first lie. <laughs> but I do like how Sabine just couldn't. Sabine had to sit there and call him out by his full name. That was... Any child out there, when they get in trouble, when you're called out by your full name, you're <laughs> cowering. Yeah. Yep. Which was which is pretty great. Um, let's see. Yeah, so they, they escape. They blow up the ship. Thankfully, I guess Ezra was not on board yep. at that point. Uh, otherwise, the show that would have that would have been bad. It would have been very bad. But he ends up being in the Star Destroyer. Yes, which had another great scene with uh, <laughs> names when Callus comes in and and uh, and Ezra introduces himself as Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> I, I, I like I like the one he does later on. We'll get and, to that one. And Callus just on. like completely ignores it and it's like, 
so Jabba and just keeps. <laughs> I loved the way the way Callus handled that entire sequence. You know, yep. it it's that moment where you really feel just how terrifying the Empire can be. He just kind of walks in. So, what's your name? And Ezra tries to throw out the joke, the, a fake name, and he just is like, okay, I'll, I'll I can I'll, I'll run with that. What like? Tell me about the Rebel Cell. Just all all sorts of really. It was a great scene. It was. Yeah, and David Oyel just like delivers pure menace when he goes in there, mm-hmm. just straight up. Oh, that that was fun. I I did. I really enjoyed the Jabba callback too. <laughs> yeah. Which makes me wonder whether we'll see Jabba in the series at all, or maybe even Stinky. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now that would be interesting to see Stinky. Stinky. Well, you know, Ezra Ezra does have a backpack. That's always he with him. He does. You carry Stinky around. Stinky could be a rebel. There you go. Um. <laughs> But in, in this sequence is where you get the you get the big reveal, I guess, in this case, because you have Ezra, who is now in a detention bay, mm-hmm. sitting there meditating because they took his backpack, but somehow he was able to keep the holocron with him. But he didn't and, know it was a holocron. Uh, there, okay, go sorry, ahead. That, that bothered me. And th- it's, this is not unique to uh, Rebels or the Clone Wars or Star Wars. Star Wars I, it happens General. all the time. It's. Characters are wearing what is amounts to skin tight clothing or like, you know, fairly tight. And then they like they reach around behind their back and all of a sudden they pull out a large square object. Yep. I'm like, where would you have hid that? Like that doesn't just go in your pocket and hide. Like, come on. <laughs> well, wasn't and, uh, you're just it's, behind his back. Uh, only and his and back. not only and it only proves one thing that not only can clone troop uh, stormtroopers not shoot straight, they can't frisk somebody properly. <laughs> Clearly. But they just need but, to check more places. No. Yeah, they, they just <laughs> do. But it, it was it was at this point in which you have Ezra pull out the holocron and he sits there and gets into what looks like he's he's thinking. It's like how am I gonna get out of here? But it appears that he's meditating. Uh-huh. And then you slowly start seeing the holocron turn. Mm-hmm. And then it splits apart and who appears in blue holographic form, none none other than all at once. Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Kenobi. That was such a great moment. Because, I, I, I mean, he, he is, you know, w- you know, one of the main cast of the Clone Wars. And so it was a nice callback to see uh, and hear James Arnold Taylor. Obi-Wan's a little bit older uh, now. Um, but, he, you know, he's talking to, to all of the Jedi saying, hey, you know, stay away. But don't lose hope. Um and it was interesting how they, 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 they used that again at the end as well. Uh, mm-hmm. In this scene, you actually, you only see Obi-Wan for the briefest second. Mm-hmm. And yes. then it's all on Ezra's face the whole time, which I thought was fascinating. You don't actually see Obi-Wan talking until the end. Um, yeah. And I thought, this is just really cool, just the fact that we're seeing basically what we didn't see in Revenge of the Sith. This is what Obi-Wan was doing in the yep. Jedi communication room. This is, yes. this is the message that he was recalibrating and sending back out. Yeah. And that's just one of those things that it connects it and it expands it in a way that is just really cool. I, I completely yeah. agree. And I, I have to go back and double check, but is, is that the same message as in A New Dawn? I believe it's, so. I'm not sure if it's word for word, but it's, the sim, it's similar, at least. Yeah, just... yeah it should be pretty, pretty similar. Um, of course, you know, after he, he opens the holocron and basically proves that, yes, he has the force. Um, of course, he doesn't know it at the time. Uh, Seb and Zabine, uh, Zeb and Sabine 
and the rest of the, the crew, I guess, sorry, Zeb and Sabine did not want to rescue Ezra, uh, which is interesting. <laughs> and, but because but they, they didn't I, think it was it was safe. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't blame them. I wouldn't have gone back. Like, okay, no. great. Let's, let's like, I'm all for rescuing him at some point, but we maybe don't want to do it 10 minutes after we just left him in the hands of an Imperial Star Destroyer. And you'll notice yeah. they kind of gloss over the fact that, hey, they managed to get not only, like, like go back to where the Star Destroyer was, but they were able to board it without anyone, like, <laughs> stopping them. Yeah, very true. I mean, these are Imperial Star Destroyers. They have, you know, big shield generators and lots of guns. And normally, you don't let things just dock inside of you. <laughs> yeah, but I have to say that this is another interesting callback, though, to the original trilogy, right? They had they had um, uh, pretending to deliver prisoners, docking in uh, an mm-hmm. Imperial ship, just, just the general design, uh, yep. a, 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 a fight in space where they're in the, the turret um so some scenes on uh on land before all of, all of the all the action begins right mm-hmm. it, the the story beats are very similar in many ways mm-hmm. to to a new hope trying to rescue a prisoner that sort of thing uh to kind of help connect viewers i think mm-hmm. and we even get the sort of the imperial uh, bridge scene where we get them we get uh callus uh, at the communication station yeah, it was like like the Empire, a callback to Empire, where you see the yep. the the commanders up there, which is pretty neat. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and, and then, then uh huh. No, I was gonna say, and then and then you get probably one of the funnest little prison breaks, because you've got Ezra inside a cell, and he's just like, "Well, you know, you're gonna possibly get in trouble when you meet my uncle, the Emperor." <laughs> I that again, I was those one of those things. As soon as it started, I was prepared to hate. I'm like, really. But the the moment when you know the stormtroopers come inside and shut him up and yes the, and the, and he sneaks out the back and there's just that moment where they just look at each other and that look just it was you know you can't see their faces you can literally only see their helmets and it's like that like that was a that was so perfectly animated I don't yeah. know what you did but it mm-hmm. worked yeah and I was like he says bye guys and yep. locks them in the cell and and actually in our the screening Stephen and I went to at that moment. <laughs> some random kid in the audience uh, and correct me if i'm wrong steven I, uh, no you're exactly what it was but insane. i think he this kid yelled ha yeah <laughs> he got really <laughs> excited <laughs> which was which was great uh, and that's the generation they're aiming for in the show yes mm. exactly um exactly and it, it just anyway it was interesting to see the dynamics uh with the rest of the, the crew like um Zeb and Sabine, as, as I mentioned, said, voted no to go back and rescue him. Uh, Hera and Chopper, apparently droids get a vote in, on the ghost, uh, voted yes, and, and Kanan did as well, so they go back to rescue him. But they actually didn't do all that much. They landed in the hangar, and um, and, and Ezra drops down from the ventilation shaft mm-hmm. and you know with the helmet on. He's got the Stormtrooper helmet on, and he's directing, trying to trying to uh, distract troops and get them to different locations on the ship. Um, and uh, Which know, I, I thought, sorry, uh-huh. to, to pick up on that, no, I thought that was actually a pretty cool call, call out, is when he put on the helmet, he got to hear all the stuff that was going on in the helmet. We mm. really don't hear that at all. The only time I think maybe we heard something like that was in the Clone Wars, mm. but that was only them talking to each other. 
not the communication going on inside the buckets. Yeah. I thought that was cool. That's actually yeah. a good point. Yeah. And apparently Ezra just loves to crawl through those ventilation shafts. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I, watching watching this episode plus the Clone Wars um, legacy um, together, there was a lot of crawling through ducts and ventilation shafts and uh, and and that sort of thing. Um, so there seemed to be like this this connection between them in many ways. Um, but you know, Ezra meets up with the rest of the, the crew of the Ghost, and they escape by having Sabine blow a hole in the docking bay. So I have to say, this is this was my big example of where Rebels pacing was just awful. Like Ezra was captured by an Imperial Star Destroyer for like five minutes of this episode, like. That's the sort of thing I feel like you really need to take your time on. Like it just happened. It all happened so quickly that there was never any weight to Ezra being captured. Mm-hmm. And when like and when there's no weight for that, like the Empire just feels really like useless. Like why why should we be scared of the Empire when we can literally like jump on and off of their ship at any time? I, it was just it was one of those moments that I felt like this this is an area that they really need to work on and kind of improve a lot because it's it's their weakest point I think. Yeah. I mean, it didn't it didn't bother me too much. I remember when I watched the screening, I was surprised that it was only 45 minutes or so. Um, looking back, I was like, wow, it was only that, it was that short? I thought it was longer for some reason. But I, I guess not. Uh, they they did they did pack quite a bit into those. Yeah, uh, and that's usually the thing is like it this was the sort of thing where we needed an hour long episode really i feel to really to really sell all of the things that just happened and for me the the she was talking about the pacing the pacing actually didn't bother me because it felt like they moved from beat to beat quickly enough that things that if they spent a little more time that i might dwell upon i didn't really have that much time to dwell upon and i just went to the next scene Mm -hmm. um so they did a for me they did a good job maintaining a flow that kept me in the story yeah it, it didn't bother me the pacing didn't bother me too much either i mean there were a couple moments that were rushed but for the most part um, it, it didn't seem quite as rushed as some episodes of the Clone Wars felt, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, I was just caught up in the fact, oh, it's Star Wars on the big screen. It's so great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so now they go to the Spice Mines of Kessel because Ezra figured out where the Wookiees were. Always uh, nice. Yes. Yep. And, uh, and we have this neat little scene uh, w- with all of the Wookiees. Uh, the the gro- the crew of the ghosts arrives, and of course the the empire is there, um, and so there's this big ensuing firefight, and Ezra manages to flank all of the imperial troopers, free the Wookies, and they come up you know Chewbacca style behind all the mm-hmm. stormtroopers, just 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 knocking them out. Uh, what did you guys think of this whole scene on Kessel? Obviously, there's the the my favorite part coming, up, <laughs> but <laughs> what did you what did you guys think? I'm going to be the evil person and say that I'm really pro Wookiee slavery because it's, <laughs> really? an aspect, it's an aspect of the expanded universe that's being brought over. Uh-huh. And it, mm-hmm. it, I really love some of the story possibilities they take with that. Yeah. Yep. Um, especially with Han and Chewie meeting and the fact that that might actually become a canonized story at some point. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed the, the jailbreak and the Wookiees taking their revenge by tossing the stormtroopers around like they were nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yes. Um, of course, you know, Callus arrives, prevents them from reaching the ghost, 
and they're completely pinned down, no escape, um, and you know, Hera does not want to leave Kanan. No, I won't leave you. And Kanan's like, "Don't worry, I've got, a, I've got a plan. Let's do the twenty-two pickup, um, which is basically drop a crate. Everybody gets in the crate, pick up the crate, and take off." But the crucial part of that is that he somebody lets has everyone to in on yeah, his some, secret. Somebody has to see a secret. And so that's the, the scene we were referencing earlier where, you know, Kanan, and this moment was so cool, he jumps over those crates and just starts walking, casually walking toward uh, the Imperial troops that are just firing past him. He's just like sidestepping the blaster bolts mm-hmm. and he pulls out his lightsaber and then there's that great moment where, from all the trailers where Cal's like, focus your fire on on the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And he's deflecting the lightsaber bolts back at him. And I'm sorry, the blaster bolts back at him with his lightsaber. And I, I really enjoyed that moment. I also got chills then again, you know, when he, he kind of reveals himself. Because you're like, no, this is such a dangerous time. If you reveal yourself, you're, 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 you're dead. You're in trouble. And um, I, I really enjoyed that scene. See, I, I just loved how... Like you said, when he was walking out, he was avoiding all the blaster bolts. But I liked how it's almost like the blaster bolts were were slowly stopping as he was progressing forward. And then there was just it was that total pause with them just staring at him in disbelief when the when the lightsaber came out. That's what I really enjoyed from that scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I, yeah, I would definitely have the, the the way he just sort of stood up there and walked towards me. He just does the small movements, the very slight. Yeah, mm-hmm. force attuned movements that avoid the blaster fire mm-hmm. before he starts batting the bolts back at them, which was yeah. very like, yeah, I'm a bad A. You guys have no <laughs> idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it just, it really sets up like Kanan, he, he is a Jedi. He knows what he's doing. He just does, he likes to hide it. And 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 when he has to reveal himself, um, it's, it's a very important, pivotal moment. Uh, very similar to the book. In many ways, again, not not to spoil anything, but he tries to keep it under wraps as much as possible. Yeah. Um, and so you definitely can feel the weight. Like, and in, in, again, I said this earlier in the Clone Wars, they ignite a lightsaber, and it's like no big deal. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it's very commonplace. And in Rebels, they do the same thing, and it seems so special. And so I have to give the crew, cast and crew credit for being able to make those moments feel so special and so dangerous in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> another one of my favorite scenes though is, uh, you know, there's that young Wookiee that, that runs off and Ezra goes after him to, to rescue him. And of course they get, uh, they get boxed in by Callus and the rest of the crew of the ghosts have, have already gotten on the, they've gotten on the ship. They're getting ready to escape. And, uh, Ezra is boxed in, um, and and there there are so many great moments in this in this, this scene actually you've got you've got Zeb yelling I swear if he's left behind again it's not my fault yeah and uh, you know uh, Hera's talking about how she thinks Cannon inspired the kid to do something well like you would do uh, but the, that's when that's when the ghost appears to to rescue Ezra and and the young um, the young Wookie and Cannon manages to knock Callus off of this 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 platform that they're on and, and the stormtrooper and Kanan and the uh, sorry Callus and the stormtrooper are hanging on to this 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 <laughs> this, uh, this beam you know keeping the, the the platform up and the, our heroes have escaped at this point and uh, and, and the guard says 
So, uh, is this the first time, uh, uh, sorry, the first Jedi you've ever seen before, sir? And what is Callus's response? <laughs> she just kicks him in the <laughs> face. The guy goes falling like 100, 200 feet to his death. And, uh, it was, so, it was oh, a very yeah. dark moment, but it was... Yeah, so before we go any farther, first, I just want to say first. that really was a callous scene. Yeah. Oh. oh. Okay. Oh. Sorry, I had to... So I think going forward, every time we review an episode, we have to have, a, I don't know what to call it, um, Callus's Callus moment or something like that every episode where Callus you is were, being a terrible person. You were waiting for that, weren't you? We, you... we talk, William and I talked about it uh, immediately after the screen. Uh, <laughs> I was waiting it was Stephen's idea for the record. For the uh, record, you guys he are complains. Bad. He complains about the puns, but he's just as bad. I know. Gentlemen, okay. even Peel would be proud. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I peel I off did. the callus. <laughs> so I have to say though, so good one, good one. I liked it. So <laughs> pun puns aside, it's very different. Like when you do that sort of humor with like Grievous destroying a battle droid, because battle droids aren't actually people, but stormtroopers are. And that really was a very very dark moment that was played off for like the entire theater entire theater where we were laughed. Even the young mm. the young yeah. kids, everyone in the whole yeah, but like it's, was laughing. It's, there's kind of a question there, like are like is that really supposed to be funny? Like obviously uh-huh. it's intended to be, but should right. it be right? And it was interesting because that's the the not the first time in the episode where you see stormtroopers being killed. I mean, we saw right. at least two get blown up. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. And as much and, as I enjoyed the comedic moment and the Wilhelm scream and everything, it is kind of like they're they're going to go a little bit dark in the show. The people are going to die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you might not see the gruesome like after effects. You might not see the close up of what happened, but no, there's human beings in there. They're going to die. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's it's not quite as dark as where the Clone Wars was because there was obviously some moments in, the, in Rebels where um, there was some ambiguity. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a stormtrooper right next to a uh, to a giant explosion, but it's possible he survived. Or, or, or whatnot. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so it's not quite to, to, to the level where the Clone Wars was. And, and, and again, if you watch Star Wars uh, Legacy uh, with that Utapau arc, there are some dark, dark moments in, in that, that that surprised me. Like, wow, if, if that had been animated, wow. Um, if that had been finished. But... Um, but yeah, I, I think they probably will go darker as time goes on. Very much like the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. it's going to start out a little bit lighter, um, a little more kid friendly, and as as the seasons go on, slowly get darker as as we progress. I think. I don't think they have much yeah. of a choice. Yeah, because it it is it's the dark it times. is technically the dark times. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like I don't even necessarily need the show to be dark when we're dealing with this sort of thing. I just like I would like the the massive death toll of stormtroopers would be something that they at least uh, like take seriously, if you will. Right. Like, don't always play it off for jokes. Like, because I mean, keep in mind, like these are the clones that we, you know, we care about seeing killed in a, in you know the Clone Wars. Eh, they're just recruits now. Yeah, and the the one thing that it concerns, just what we saw concerns me, is the one of the things I want from the series. I want to see inside the stormtrooper armor. I want to see like a stormtrooper character without the helmet on. And how they're dealing with the emotion of being part of the Empire and they're interacting on, with people in the fall. And if they're going to be killing them off, I'm wondering if they'll actually remove the helmet very often or if at all. Right. Yep. Yeah, but so Callus kicks the Stormtrooper off. The ghost <laughs> comes and picks up uh, the crate. 
we get a cool scene of Kanan standing on top of the ghosts uh, and helping uh, helping the young Wookiee and uh, Ezra get on the ship. Hugs are exchanged. The Wookiees take off, and the day is saved. Yep, and of course the you know this is now the the end of the show where we we all know. I mean, Ezra is like, okay, well, time to go back home, and like, yeah, we're gonna you know see you around, kid, or something. And, and you know, like, they're obviously gonna be a crew. They're all get all they're all gonna work together. Ezra's gonna join them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. first, he you know he steals Kanan's lightsaber right off his belt, uh, <laughs> walks to his little uh, space needle. <laughs> Um, uh, <laughs> Com Tower uh, apartment. Oh, Space Needle. Uh, and I like Space, I like space uh, and, and he he has this really interesting um, this place where he, I guess he's he's captured all of these uh, or collected all of these stormtrooper helmets uh, and and stuff. Um, well, we saw him one in the shorts get the Tie Fighter helmet. Yeah. So yeah. it seems like he is that kind of a collector where he will get helmets. Mm-hmm. And part uh, of the the backstory, it's in some of the young reader books that Disney's put out, is that he sells that kind of stuff in the black market too. He steals stuff and sells it. So, well, he uh, made that comment about the blasters too, because yeah. remember when they first caught him and he jumped into the ghost, that crate he had had a bunch of blasters in it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he he obviously likes to to, to sell. Well, he had to survive. He was a street rat. Equipment. Yeah. Excuse me. Um. So let's see, you know, that's when that's when Kanan walks in and, and tells him he's strong in the force and he can either keep the lightsaber or give it back and join the crew of the ghost and learn the ways of the force, become a Jedi. And obviously, we know which one Ezra picks. Yeah, oh. hang on. If uh, let me like if he had chosen to stay, do you think Kanan really would have let him keep the lightsaber? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> 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 Okay, well, a little bit of a stayed, false choice, I feel. I know, but if if he would have stayed, there would have been no show. True. Well, there could have been a show, but but technically, there there would not have been a a, a quote unquote show if I, Ezra stayed. I think Canon uh, was confident that Ezra would not call his bluff on that. Yeah, <laughs> I I do kind of wonder why they didn't just have that conversation on the ship. Like, okay, Ezra, you can go climb up the climb up the giant space needle. I'm gonna come visit now. Come, come back. We're, like you, now you can join us. I'll give, I'll give you the offer. But, well, but I it think, was a test. Uh, no, yeah. Peter, go ahead. I was Please just go. gonna say. I think it gives more agency to Ezra if it's in his house. Right. It's mm-hmm. where he lives. It's, it's his. There's no like pressure of you're sort of stuck on the ship. They can control whether you can leave or go. Right. It just That's it true. gives that more. It gives more of the kids the view that that they have control of the situation. Yep. And, and also, yeah. it gave it gave him a chance to take a look at what he had there at that moment. Yeah, what, what are you, you giving either, up? Right. What, what actually are you giving up? You're giving up basically being alone, scrounging for yourself, where now you could join the much larger world to become part of something bigger than yourself and be part of a crew and actually have a family instead of being all alone with just collectibles collecting dust. Yeah. And then, of course, we get that, you know, the episode ends with... Uh, well, first, Kanan, you know, opens up the holocron himself, and I, I have to imagine he's list, he's opened up this holocron a, a thousand mm-hmm. times, right over the years, and he and he's listening to Obi Wan's message, where 
you know, he's telling the Jedi to you know, trust in the Force. Do not return to the Temple. That time has passed, and our future is uncertain. We'll be challenged, our trust, our fate, our friendships. But we must persevere, and in time, a new hope will emerge. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Sigh. You, Agreed. You, you didn't like it. It was good until we have the a new hope line. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's a little bit over that line of being self-referential. And and from it, a guy it, who's like not... it, it'd be like, sorry, go ahead, Tom. No, no, no. I I, I don't want to cut you off, but I, I'm going to take this standpoint from a guy who saw the original Star Wars. A new hope was never there. It was always just Star Wars. A new hope didn't come until later. Right. Right. So so in my eyes. Eh, I could accept it, though. But anyway, it it was it's like that moment when, you know, someone. It, it has it has to be handled carefully, like whenever you mention the the title of the show or, or the movie in the actual show or movie or something like obviously related, you mm-hmm. have to be really careful about how you handle it. So it'd be right. like, like if Luke shows up in episode four and you know they take off and they're being attacked by Star Wars, like, wow, we're in a real Star War. Just like, uh, <laughs> please no. It's it's like they should handle it like James Bond. The James Bond movies, they always have the title is somewhere in the movie. And it's there. I mean, okay, you've got Moonraker, which I think was the shuttle. You've got Goldeneye, which was the uh, satellite. You've got um, God, Quantum of Solace was somewhere. But um, th- th- there's a subtle way of saying what you want to say. Mm-hmm. And in this case, I, I don't think it was subtle enough because it was the it was a grown opportunity. Like, ugh. Yeah. it's there. It had to be there, but. I, I wish they had just ha- they'd done it slightly differently. Maybe not put quite as much importance on the line. But, I mean, it, it, it's not like it was terrible. And it was nice to see Obi-Wan's message kind yes. of, that Kanan is holding on to and so on and so forth. I, I may be an easy mark, I guess, because it worked for me. And I'm just going to put that in repeat and watch that clip over and over again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I may or may right. not have finished the episode and then watch that scene a couple more times. Uh, if it works for you, that's all that matters, really. I, I do agree with you guys uh, on some level, but yeah, I thought it, I still thought it was cool. Uh, of course, the the ep- the last scene in the episode uh, has Agent Callus calling the Inquisitor, informing him of Rebels' cell led by a guy who, who made good use of a lightsaber, which of course intrigues uh, the Inquisitor. And based on the trailers, we'll get some very cool scenes with him. We, he didn't really show up in the premiere at all but hmm. it's gonna be a lot of really cool uh things happening with the inquisitor yeah and i i guess at the la screen they did show one of the future episodes that has the inquisitor in it so. yeah 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 they did uh, <laughs> i would have i would have loved to actually sorry. see that <laughs> sorry i i'm for, for those of you who can't see this i'm sitting there going no because it was basically in my backyard and i didn't know about it yeah it's okay i'm sorry It'll yeah, be airing in just you know two weeks, not too long. I know I can yeah, I can two weeks I can away. Just, I can just relax, take it easy, watch it on the Disney XD app, no problem, no big deal. So like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that's it. Any other thoughts before we go into our uh, our our review, our our score, our rating? I'm good. I'm ready. I think I'm we've good. thoroughly exhausted this. So cool. I think we have. 
Well, uh, I guess I'll Pete, go first, go? I guess. Unless you, I mean, you want to go first, Pete? Pete, you uh, want to go first? Yeah, I can go first. Okay, uh, you can go first. Okay. Now, I, I preface my rating by saying that I saw both times that I've watched it so far in a theater. <laughs> um, fully immersed, fully excited, okay. feeding off the energy in the theater. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, I give it 9.5 Lothrats. I'm going to skip the Womprats this time. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it just it, it felt like Star Wars to me. It smelled like Star Wars. It tasted like Star Wars. And I would like some more of that. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll go. Um, I, I saw it twice in the theater. And then I watched it once more online while I was writing the show notes. Um, and I, I just connected my my computer to the TV so I could uh, so I could see it on my on my big screen, but uh, it wasn't quite like you know uh, the movie experience the theater experience, and I have to say I I really enjoyed it. You know there were some there were a couple moments that were my favorite. I felt like the first seven minutes were good but not great. Um, you know with the who is that kid? A uh, little over the top. Uh, some of the animation's not perfect, but again, it's the first episode, right? It's, yeah. it's they're gonna be improving. It's a pilot. They're finding their, they're gonna just trying to get their stride. Um, and I know, like, if it improves as much as the Clone Wars did, wow. Yes. Right. I mean, the Clone Wars, as you guys know, was amazing by the time it was over. And so, I I think this show started off really, really well, and I can't wait to see where it goes. I I love the characters. Um, some of the things weren't perfect. I mean, look, the Wookiees looked a little a little strange, I think. Um, I mentioned the who is that kid stuff. But the, the, the dynamics, the the setting, the the animation of the, the lightsaber and the TIE fighter explosions and the way they had, like, the box around the TIE fighter, you know, and then the, the way they expl- uh, when, in the, with the explosions, um, just like they did um, in A New Hope because the, the special effects technology wasn't there at, at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that kind of stuff was there in the show and the attention to detail. And I think it was fantastic. Um, I really enjoyed it. And I'm going to give it uh, nine Womp Rats uh, out of ten. Wow. Uh, wow. Not quite as high as, as, as Pete's, um, but I still really enjoyed it. And you know what? I know the show's going to get better, but for where it is, I think it's I think it's a night I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, and uh, I guess... Peter, we also forgot what 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 you're gonna do with your. I guess in your case, they're uh, Loth, uh, rats. Loth rats. But my womp rats, um, I'm gonna uh, have them all cling to a pole and just kick them <laughs> off one by one. Uh, so so you so you will wait a minute. So you will callously kick them off. Yes, exactly. Okay, exactly. Okay. Uh, do you do, uh, do you are you doing anything with your loth rats, Pete? <laughs> you're, you're allowed to not if you don't want to. Yeah, I mean, I, when, when we when we ended uh, the Clone Wars, I, I was kind of nice to my Womp Rat. So I'm, I'm going to give them very tiny instruments, and they're going to uh, they're going to play some John Williams music. Oh, nice. Okay, there yeah. you go. Nice, <laughs> nice. Um, Stephen, you want to go next or me? Uh, I'll go next because okay, I'll go last. Okay, that way we can end it on a hopefully slightly more balanced. So I'm whoa. Uh-oh. So I will preface this thing. I didn't think it was bad by any means. I, I definitely enjoyed it. But it, it reminded me a lot of the some of the early Clone Wars stuff where you could tell they had all of the pieces and they weren't just quite sure how to put them together yet. I really want to see the show as it goes forward and we start doing the episode, like every episode per week. Because I feel like just the pacing in here really bothered me. They tried to go all over the get, like, not all over the place, but like, you know, to Lothal, from Lothal, to Kessel, from Kessel, to Deep Space, and then back. And like all this, 
all this movement really, really quickly. And I felt like a lot of these things that should have been a really big deal, like Ezra being captured, just they didn't really land for me. I never felt like Ezra was really in any danger or anything like that. Um, just because everything moves so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I think they've got all of the pieces, and I think I have a lot. Of, I have high hopes for the show. Just this, as like the the first episode, it didn't. I didn't walk out suitably wowed, if you will. See. Like I didn't like we had this like the Udapau arc and the original not Udapau, excuse me. Um, wait, was it Udapau? I'm trying to like the uh, the Krell arc in Clone Wars. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, we know where, where it ends, and, and you, yeah. you kind of you, it, your jaw is literally dropped. I, di- I didn't quite have a moment where I felt that that level of awe watching Rebels. Not yet, at right. least. So I think I'm gonna have to give it six and a half Womp Rats. Um, and some of this, admittedly, is I want to leave room so that as we come later on, we can have better. As the show gets better and better, I can I can reflect that in ratings. Um, so okay. I, I I don't mean that as like a bad rating. Like I enjoyed the show; it just didn't mm-hmm. blow me away. And I want to save the eights and nines and tens for when it really does blow me away. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So with my six and a half womp rats, I think I'm just gonna have to sell them into slavery. Womp rats, <laughs> womp rats are an, you wouldn't think so, but you have no idea how many star destroyers you can power with womp rats you running. I thought little mine wheels. was bad. Yeah, I was Jeez. gonna say little wheels. Yeah, just you know, womp rat power. It's really how the empire is run. So, are they going to be in the wheels powering the ion cannons? Uh, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. Why not? Yeah. Okay. All right. Wow. Ion cannon podcast run on there womp rats. There you go. So it's always been. Yeah, it's always been. We torture them like you wouldn't believe. We have we have a path of them in our wake. Um, I guess it's on me for the last. Uh, okay, um, I enjoyed the episode for what it was. I definitely see it as a starting point. I am probably going to give it a seven five. I agree with Stephen. I want to see more. I want to give enough room for it to grow. I think it was, for what it accomplished, it did exactly that. It got everybody into the universe. It got everybody excited about seeing Star Wars again. It had that real Star Wars feel to it. Dialogue was corny in times, okay? I agree with the pacing in some cases. Back and forth was too quick. Um, But I enjoyed it. Um, I am just going to get to my rating of seven and a half Womp Rats. I'm going to take them. I'm going to line them up against the wall and I'm going to let Ezra take his little slingshot thing and slingshot each one of them um, twice. Now, if it was Stormtroopers, they, got, they would have gotten off lucky, but Ezra's... Wait a second. Yeah, Ezra's a better shot than Stormtroopers. Much better shot. Torturing small... Sorry, torturing small animals is usually the sign of a serial killer. Are you are you trying to say that Ezra is in fact a serial killer? <laughs> okay, I'll take it back. I'll take it back. I'll take it back. I think what you saying is all of us are. Oh, no. we, we all are. <laughs> Look at look at how much we have done this Womp Rats for how many years we've done this podcast. We have left a pile of them in our wake. So I okay, I'll take that back. Edit, cut here. I'm gonna take my seven womp seven and a half womp rats. I'm gonna put them in front of a wall. I'm gonna let the stormtrooper shoot at them. You know why? Because the stormtroopers are gonna miss. <laughs> <laughs> Done. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, for those of you who can't yeah. see, uh, Pete is pointing a stormtrooper with his uh, blaster at at us. There you go. I'm just trying to help Tom out. Yeah. There you go. Appreciate and, it. Yeah. And he's gonna miss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. 
so yeah i guess that's our that's our ratings um next not next week because next week is the actual tv premiere right uh and the following uh just 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 over a week after that uh, on a monday is when the show airs uh, october 13th Mm -hmm. um so next week uh, or in two weeks uh we'll be able to watch season one episode one of rebels droids in distress um but next week we'll be reviewing uh star wars uh legacy and the following week uh just before um uh, rebels airs so the first episode we'll be reviewing um a new excuse dawn. me uh, a new dawn yep so lots of lots of good stuff um so yeah, uh, that's our rev- first review of Star Wars Rebels. Uh, Pete, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you very much, Pete. Yeah, it's fun as always, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Oh yeah. No Do you want to plug your, your 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 website, your podcast, all that stuff? You got we uh, we love sure, what um, you do. <laughs> Andy and I are we got our we have our Rebels podcast, Rebels Report. Um, we're going weekly once the show starts premiering so awesome. we've got some great stuff in the works some um, interesting guests we're going to have on um, we're also beefing up our content at rebelsreport.com um, we're going to have some interesting stuff talking about rebels cosplay talking about reviews of the show previews and also taking some deep dives into the production of the show um, so head over to rebelsreport.com and follow us on twitter that's where i'm most active rebels report so just a lot of fun and when the star wars literature gets back up and going you'll see some more stuff at lightsaber rattling i'll be covering a lot of the stories um, it's where I'm focusing on that now is stories and the movies and the TV shows and the books. So. Oh, excellent. Great. Excellent. Very cool. Well, we love your, we love your sites. Yep. Podcasts. So podcast sites. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, keep up the great work and thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thank you again. And I'll, I will be listening. So awesome. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including rebels, the sequel trilogy, spinoff films, and more. If you like what you hear, Please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. Visit our website, ioncannoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in touch with us by emailing contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or their respective trademark or copyrights. Any and all opinions expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2014.